This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 3rd of March. In your Squeeze today, a timeline on the pandemic. The Cabinet Minister at the Centre of Historical Sexual Assault Allegations is set to address the public. The US moves to sanction Russia. And Vale Michael Godinsky. This is your Squeeze today. Starting, Claire, by talking about none other than COVID-19. We've done that a few times since the first locally acquired cases were recorded here in Australia a year ago yesterday. The good news is we're talking about it being over, not just starting. There's always someone, though, wanting to put a dampener on things. And today it's a senior World Health Organization official who said on Monday that it was premature and unrealistic. Those are the words they used to think the pandemic might be stopped by the end of the year. Dr. Michael Ryan is the director of the World Health Organization's emergency program. Uh, That's really the division that looks after a pandemic. And what he said was that there is some hope with vaccines rolling out. And he said that if we're smart, we can finish with the hospitalizations and the deaths and the tragedy associated with the pandemic by the end of 2021. Uh, But certainly as far as things go for the next week, month, uh, or even couple of months, we're still in the middle of it. The World Health Organization's big reality check for everyone is that the virus is mutating, so nothing is guaranteed in a pandemic like this. On that note, there's one place that's really worrying international experts, Claire, and that's Brazil. And that's because the virus is off and racing there again with plenty of criticism of Brazil's government that it's not doing enough to keep it in check. And as you say, that has international experts really worried that if it's left uh, out of control, that it will be, uh, one expert said, the largest open laboratory in the world for the virus to mutate, which is pretty scary. Closer to home, Claire, and one of the things that's come out of the pandemic is border closures here. There's one particular state border that might remain closed for longer than the virus is with us. And that is the Western Australian border. What Premier Mark McGowan said there yesterday was that he was interested in keeping border checks uh, after the pandemic is gone. That's because there's been a significant reduction in drugs coming into Western Australia from the east, particularly methamphetamine. And he said that if civil libertarians don't like that much, keeping a border control in place, his argument would be that keeping meth out of Western Australia is very important. He later backtracked a little bit to say that it wouldn't be the mandatory traveller registration system that's in place at the moment, but certainly he's interested in more vehicle inspections. Notable because they're in the middle of an election campaign over there. So this is his pitch to voters. The public there will vote on the 13th of March and it's expected that Mark McGowan will be easily re-elected. So far, the Cabinet Minister, those historical sexual assault allegations have been made against Claire, has remained anonymous. But today, he's expected to make a public statement. That's what reports say. They also say that he won't step aside and that he will very strongly proclaim his innocence. We'll see how that all plays out. Reports also say that he has taken uh, quite a bit of advice from defamation lawyers. There's been quite a bit said about this particular unnamed cabinet minister on social media and other forums. Scott Morrison, of course, has been asked about this a fair amount. He said that allegations made against a person of the parliament were not enough to stand someone down alone. 
In a big departure from Donald Trump's reluctance to be overly critical of Russia, Claire, the Biden administration has announced sanctions on senior Russian government officials and Russian entities. That's in response to what they say was Russia's attempt to kill opposition leader Alexei Navalny with a nerve agent. The world has been wondering what the recriminations would be for Russia after the attack on that significant opposition figure. Alexei Navalny is probably the most vocal critic of President Vladimir Putin. And you might remember it was last year that he was targeted in a Novichok attack that saw him airlifted to Germany for treatment. He recovered and he returned to Russia in January where he was arrested and he's since been jailed. Uh, Those sanctions are underpinned by a finding by US intelligence that the Russian government was behind that attack, uh, although that is very strongly denied by Moscow. These moves are being taken in coordination with the European Union. The US keen to point out that this is not an escalation. As you say, right now, Alexei Navalny is being held in prison in Russia for violating parole conditions. Prince Philip Clare was admitted to hospital two weeks ago with an infection that could now be putting strain on his heart. He's been moved to the largest specialist cardiac unit in central London. He's 99 years old, so plenty of cause for concern. He's had plenty of other conditions that has seen him hospitalised in the past, including a blocked coronary artery. And it is that precondition that has seen uh, medical experts really concerned about his heart health after having that infection. He's been in hospital for a couple of weeks. It's his longest stay in hospital uh, from an illness. Lots going on for the Royals. It's hard to miss the promotions of Meghan and Harry's tell-all interview with Oprah. That's due to air on the 8th of March, Aussie time. Our farmers, Claire, haven't had the greatest time of late. There's been the drought, there's been the COVID pandemic, of course, trade tensions with China also. But things are looking a little bit up for our crop farmers at least. Oh, really up. We're heading towards a record $66 billion for agricultural produce this year. That's a record uh, and a really good record after you say all of those difficulties that the sector has faced. Uh, Crop farmers, as you say, are the ones who are really looking at good returns. In fact, a 59% increase in the value of those grain, oilseed and pulse crops. That's really good news. Not so good news, though for anyone with livestock, so cattle and sheep. It looks like they'll have an 8% fall in value of what they produce just just due to low stock numbers. And that, of course, comes off the back of the drought where they couldn't have as many head of animals as they would have liked. Something of utmost importance to our farmers, Claire, is the weather. A bit of chat about that this week with new data released yesterday that shows the 2020-2021 summer was the wettest in four years. Yeah, thanks to La Nina, she really has delivered that rain and that's been really good uh, for those crop farmers. Uh, Summer rainfall that we've just had 29% above average. That makes it the third wettest December on record since records started in 1900. 
tribute upon tribute upon tribute for Michael Gadinsky yesterday, Claire. He's being talked about as perhaps the most important person in the music industry here in Australia. He died this week, aged 68. Probably even if you weren't that much into Australia's music industry, he's a name that you would recognise just because he was a larger-than-life figure. Uh, Plenty of shock and surprise at his death. A lot of sadness that he has gone too soon at 68 years old. Uh, Lots of people out yesterday, as you say, talking about what he meant to them, including Bruce Springsteen, uh, also Russell Crowe, Marsha Hines. He brought artists like Madonna, Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran to Australia to tour, really close mate of Jimmy Barnes. Uh, What Jimmy Barnes said was that the heart of Australian music has been ripped out. Yeah, the cause of his death is not known. His family saying he died peacefully in his sleep. Squeeze the day, Claire, and the 3rd of March marks the anniversary of Star Spangled Banner becoming the US national anthem. That happened in 1931. So 90 years ago? (laughs) Quite a while ago. That sounds about right. You should never ask me to do maths, Kate. You know that's not my thing. not at this time of day. Um, Big day on the economic news front. The national accounts for the October to December quarter are out. That'll give us a full picture of what economic growth in 2020 was like. Also at the press club today, 26-year-old Grace Tame, who was named Australian of the Year in January, will speak, Claire. In the current context of what's being levelled at Scott Morrison with this anonymous minister coming out today, it'll be a really interesting address. Yeah, she was given the Australian of the Year honour for her advocacy for survivors of sexual assault. It's also World Wildlife Day and it's also World Hearing Day. The 3rd of March is busy. (laughs) Got a lot going on. (laughs) We'll leave it there this Wednesday. Don't forget to give Sport Today our new daily sports news podcast a go if you haven't already. If sport isn't your thing, don't worry about it. You can have a listen and just be part of the conversation, which is always good. You don't want to be left out of what's making news or just tell others about it, people in your life that you know are interested in the world of sport. As I said, that's all from us and we'll be back tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.